What are we calling ourselves? I, I, I don't know. Insert name here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to Show Name. Welcome to Nova Stalkers. <laughs> you know, with Guardians of the Galaxy, that could get a little weird. <laughs> you do realize she's the only person that carries a gun. No, she isn't. Well, she is in episode three. Nope. Who? Who carries a gun? Wildstar. Where? In the engine room. That's safe. <laughs> He's talking to Orion about, you know, how you know, how can he you know how can Captain Avatar keep killing people, essentially? And he's got his sidearm on him. All right, well, she's the only one I noticed. She's got that whole hip sl- slung. Yeah, it's because it's down around where you're looking anyway because of yeah. the arrow on her. <laughs> All right, well, we'll save that for the show, I guess. Yes. I'll bring it up again, and we'll just act surprised this time. Yes. <laughs> of course, you know, this is the preamble now. <laughs> of course it is. Well, we haven't quite figured out what we're calling ourselves, so we're just going to call ourselves Beep! Yeah, yeah, that's what we're calling ourselves for now. That works. I think we're going to be uh, anime for old men. What do you think? Uh, that's fine with me, and you know, until we add other people in here. Yeah, <laughs> or until somebody <laughs> calls us up and says, hey, we already have that name, and you need to stop using our name. Which has already happened to one set of guys on the feed, so... Yeah. It would be my first cease and desist order. <laughs> Probably not my last, though. Well, there's that restraining order I got. Mm. Never mind. I wasn't going into that. Mm. We're back again uh, after our triumphant takeover of Star Wars Monthly Monday that we did get some feedback for. On the form, uh, forms, yeah. I don't even know because I don't even remember how to get to the forms. So, I, honestly, I don't. It's been so long since I've been to the, to the forums. I know they're there. I, oh, I know they're there too. But I joined up after everyone stopped using the forums and went over to Facebook. So I never even bothered going on. Which is funny. That's where I really met and got introduced to a lot of the guys was on the forums, and then Facebook came around. So that's how long I've been listening. So, I mean, that's then Facebook took off, and that's where we ended up doing everything. But I'm sure in a few more years, that'll go by the wayside, and we'll be doing something else. Yeah, everything's evolving. Yeah. In case you don't know who we are, I am Bill Robinson, and with me is Gene Hendricks. And Hello, are, everyone. <laughs> and we are two wild and, and crazy anime guys. There's another title. <laughs> oh, yeah, we could use that, too. Wild and crazy anime guys. <laughs> okay, we're not wild and crazy, so. I don't know. I'm looking at your hair. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I have a haircut, so which yes, you've I'm, seen, but yes, yes, that that was a wild. Uh, the the ancient aliens guy is gone now. <laughs> yes, now I'm more calm and reserved with my dark black hat, so that I'm not wearing at the moment. Right now, it's sitting on top of my giant, gigantic hero click statue of Fin Fang Foom. Oh, nice. Yeah. He looks, of course, the hat is like ten times bigger than his head, but, eh, well, you get the point. He's a dragon. Who's going to He's call a dragon, him? right. Who, 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 he, even at that size, who's going who's gonna to bother him? <laughs> we did get some feedback. I do have an email that I'd like to read real quick before we get started in tonight's shows. And this came to me from Mr. Tim Elliott out in Texas. Tim has also been a contributor to, I believe, to the Planet of the Apes Month for Two True Freaks. He dropped us a line via the Back to the Bins mail, which is where I, which is how I was able to take, to get to this. 
And he says, looking for the subject. Ah, Star Wars Monthly Monday 63 or hurry, Star Force, hurry. Greetings, Dr. Bill and Gene. Oh, and this will be the first time that Gene's heard this, too. Yes. Great episode on on Space Battleship Yamato. I'm sure enough in my manhood to admit, after Scott's synopsis and the theme music began, I giggled like a small child. Speaking of Scott, someone needed to create a, a TTF medal for going above and beyond, but back to Star Blazers. I thoroughly enjoyed what I hope is one of many shows about this classic anime. Well, we hope so, too. Yeah. I fell in love with Star Blazers in the early 80s when uh, I would catch it weekdays after school. Here in Dallas, it ran at 3, 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, so I was only able to catch it when I was sick or on holidays. I had watched Battle of the Planets, and I am a big fan of Gotchman. But this style of storytelling was richer, more sophisticated. My station never aired the third season. When I finally watched it on Netflix, I was shocked that the voice cast was completely different from season one and two. My affection for Yama Yamato led me to Robotech. See? Mm. It's like the gateway drug. <laughs> Another dense anime with overarching, excuse me, arcing stories and, a, and complex characters several years later. I really got caught up in the love triangle between Rick, Minmay, and Lisa. Oh, don't get me started on that. <laughs> we, we won't be talking about Minmay right now. Uh, we just... want to keep the blood pressure low. Hmm. <sighs> <laughs> uh. You touched on several reasons why Star Blazers is a great show. The music is wonderful and sets it apart from contemporary American counterparts and helped build the character of the show. The different musical themes were vital to setting a mood, enhancing a scene, or conveying an emotional beat. I don't have the Yamato series soundtrack, but I do have the Yamato movie song album with all the vocals from the theatrical release films. The season-long story arcs also set it above your standard American cartoon. Star Blazers was space opera, and this long-form storytelling would be at home on today's television schedule. Which, yeah, if you look at things now like, uh, you know, Doctor Who will do that, and many other shows will have a, a, a arc that travels through... Buffy was big on that. They would have the big bad that would build up through the season. Yeah, that pretty much started, at least with U.S. television, with uh, Babylon 5. Mm -hmm. Which, you know what, I just I just read something that Babylon 5 that Straczynski is looking to do a movie. That's all Another I read. One? I, well, no, a Babylon 5 movie, I guess. I, that's, I mm. didn't read the article. I didn't have time when I was looking at it, and I didn't remember it until just now that you just said that. So that's all I know. I don't know okay. when, where. Something in there said 2016 in the blurb for, for the article. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully it's not a Superman movie. <clears throat> the animation style was more sophisticated and fluid compared to, say, Super Friends. Oh, come on. Don't pick on the Super Friends. Well, it's, it's two completely different aspects of animation. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice... Although the voiceovers could be the same. True. Ted Knight doing... Hooray, <laughs> <laughs> Star Force! Hooray! I developed a strong emotional connection to these characters, and the writers did not shy away from them dealing with death or loss. I've read that in the in the original Japanese, the Yamato... Yamato man, I am just... Blah, Japanese, the Yamato herself was more of a character, almost a hero... But the English version focused more on the crew. Uh, you know, I've not seen all of those fully enough times to really notice that. Have you seen those? No, actually, I've only seen bits and pieces of the originals. I've pretty much everything I've seen has been the American version. But I do know in one of the episodes we're covering today that uh, Captain Avatar actually talks to the Yamato or the Argo in this is, one. Is that the scene that's in episode four? Yeah, it's at the very end. Where he's actually in a different outfit. Yep. Because I mistook him for Orion out there. I was like, wait, yeah. is that Orion or is that Avatar? Now no, it, it's Avatar. He, he's, uh, we'll spoil it a little bit for you people, but he. this is the only time you see him in a Star Force uniform. Hmm. With the uh, the the anchor arrowhead on the white and everything, but how everyone else has a different color. Wildstar has red, uh, Orion has orange, Venture has green. Avatar is the only one with black emblems. Hmm. And then most of the pilots will have the 
they'll have the yellow yellow one. yeah black 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 with yellow which you know we were talking earlier before this i know i'm interrupting in the middle of the the letter tangents amazing <laughs> tangent 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 <laughs> tangent alert tangent alert i saw a and i i may have sent you a message when i was at conjure in orlando Yes, you sent me the the picture of that. No, oh boy. No, 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 no. Oh there no! Was a, there was a guy wearing a black tiger shirt with a. Yes, yes, I saw that too. Yeah. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure yeah. if I, I see. I didn't get a picture of that. I wonder where. Well, you you sent me a bunch of pictures. Okay. Well, you sent me the one, and then I would backtracked it. Okay. Yeah. It was on that same. Because there was uh, one guy that had the he had the Gizmonic Institute helmet on for Mystery Science Theater, <laughs> and he had a black tiger shirt on. I was like, "What? I'm so confused." <laughs> <laughs> it's just a show. It's like Reese's peanut butter, you know, two great things I guess that go great together. But you know, now so, I want now I want the Rift Tracks guys to do <laughs> the live action <laughs> Yamato movie. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. And then on, we're going to tangent from the tangent before I get back to the letter, before I forget. The other thing that we saw was that Matt with Star Wars and Character, who also does the Artmore project where they create, they have the Boba Fett breastplate and sends it out to different artists to create their own take, do art for that. Then they auction it off for Toys for Tots. I believe last year they did, they raised $10,000 through that. This year, and it was all for like a local Toys for Tots, I believe, up up in PA. This year, I think they're going to split it between Orlando and PA. Uh, that should be coming up probably, you know, obviously closer towards the end of the year. But he was inspired by our show, and his wife thanks me to no end. Every time I turn around, I hear the music, or he's got it in the DVD player. <laughs> thanks a lot, Bill. No problem, Christy. <laughs> and uh, I'll let you take all the blame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, she can't he, get to me. I'm in Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> he did a breastplate of basically what was, you know, of the red version of the shirt with the arrow and the side. I don't know if that's ranked things on the shoulders. There's a picture of it. If you dig through two true freaks, Scott had him up there. And if you, it'll I, obviously be up for the Artmore project. And I'm kind of, I'm, I might, I might have to bet. I might have to bid on that. I don't know. What do you think? You think you and I will get in a bidding war? <laughs> if you tell me you're going to bid on it, I will hold off. <laughs> I'm that much of a gentleman. Oh, well. I'm I, also that poor. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, the cheapest one, and I hate to sound this, I guess I, the, the the one that went for the least amount of money was, I think, around $90 last year. So mm, $90, wife's ire. $90, wife's ire. Yeah, but you're always going to have your wife's ire for something you do. You might as well get something out of it. <laughs> you got to think of it logically here. I'm going to do something to piss her off. I might the as need. well plan what I'm going to piss her off with. So you're saying the needs of the geek outweigh the needs of the wife. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every time. Are you kidding Except me? my wife is also a geek, so if I buy something for me like that, she's going to want something for her like that. Well, just get her one that's have them do one that looks like Nova on there. Whatever. Now, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to give her the spandex jumpsuit. Oh, well, well there you go. And we'll just get back, <laughs> back to, to the email. I, back to the email. The wave motion gun. Nuff said. <laughs> and that's what it says. Yes. It's just online. <laughs> A few things I noticed about the show. Have either of you ever noticed when there is an explosion in space? especially when a ship is hit, you hear a faint sound effects of glass breaking. I'm going to have to listen for that yeah, closer I, now. I haven't noticed, but now that he mentions it, I'll probably notice the next time I watch one. And this next note he has, <laughs> ever notice that Nova's radar screens look a lot like a pair of breasts? Yes. Hmm. Although I think she only had one big giant radar screen in well, this one. Uh, in... The first season, she only has one, and seasons two and three, I think she has he has, she has the pair. Ah, so the number of seasons is corresponded to the amount of breasts. So what, in season three, she has three? Apparently, they went total recall. Mm, okay. The Yamato must have the best repair crew in the universe because that ship took some of the, the most catastrophic levels of damage, and they always managed to put her back tougher. <laughs> How could they recover when the drill missile tore through the entire length of the wave motion gun barrel? <laughs> they must have Marvel's damage control on speed dial. 
No, they go to the same repair place that Voyager does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have the giant... Avatar on his control console has the big red reset button. He hits that and all the damage is gone. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try to keep this short, but great job, guys, and I hope this will become a regular feed on the TTF site, and we do too. P.S. Do either of you own or have seen the Yamato Perfect Manuals? I was lucky enough to pick up Volume 1 and 2 in the 80s. They are like tech manuals with loads of drawings, but it's all in Japanese. No, I've never seen that. That's, I, that's I've a, never even heard of those. Yeah, because I've got, I think I've still got my set of Starfleet blueprints that had all the ships from Star Trek The Motion Picture, and I have the Starfleet technical manual as well, because I'm such yeah. a geek. Yeah, I, I have the Star Tre- Starfleet technical manual and the Mr. Scott's Guide, mm. and I also have my wife got me for Christmas one year, she got me the uh, the fold-out drawings from the set of Superman the movie. Oh. You know, how, how they, the production designer sketched it out so that they could build the sets. Mm. Nice. Those are cool. Well, and he signs off. Cheers. Tim Elliott, Texas. Well, that is our only email. Uh, I did have other correspondence. It might have been from Tim, but I thought there was another Facebook message, but I it's been so long I lost the Facebook message. I can't find it. Facebook ate it. Yes. It sucks. It sucks to try to search for something if you don't know what you're looking for. Well, I guess that would well matter with anything if you don't know what you're looking for. But anyway, I'm Dr. Bill, and that's my shtick. I'm an idiot. So with that, I guess we will take a brief commercial timeout, and we will come back and cover episode three. The Ultra Menace Missile, or Missile, depending on your pronunciation. My name is Grundy, born on a Monday. The following recording was taken from an NSA wiretap of a back to the men's taping. No names have been changed. Everyone is guilty. Do I need to mine, or am I good where I'm at? Well, now you do. <laughs> if I have mine, you have yours. You might want to only if you do have it set to automatically because you don't want it to automatically because the thing never works right. Because what will happen is it will be used to you at a particular t- and then if you go out of that, t- it scrambles to uh, a t- and it doesn't a t- fast enough. So it's better to just set it up. Oh, okay. It, it really doesn't work well. So I checked. Right. Uh, I checked my. Uh, what's mm-hmm. it called? My. Okay. It definitely built built me for the hotel for all three of us. Join back to the bins every week for goodness. Solomon Grundy hate voiceovers. Hi, I'm Gene Hendricks. You may remember me from such shows as the Hammer Podcasts and the Quantum Cast. I'd like to tell you about some special shows that I'm doing with some of your favorite podcasters. These shows are all about the live-action versions of comic book characters, and I'm calling them... Legends of the Superheroes! In each episode, we'll be looking at a different TV show or movie featuring characters like... Wonder Woman! Dr. David Banner. And let's not forget about the non-superheroes, such as... Swamp Thing! And many more. Look for the Legends of the Superheroes specials under the Hammer Podcasts at twotruefreaks.com. Yeah, yeah, play it. Come on. Play it loud. Play it loud. And now it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Illogic. Foolish emotions. Constant irritant. And transpire out! Three! Two! Come on in the circus. <laughs> right next to the dog faced boy. True! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Oh, It's a super prize package worth $9,300. <laughs> 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 
this isn't the biggest bag over the head punch in the face I ever got. God damn it! Ow! Go and now, together by live simulation via the internet, your hosts, Scott Gardner. He killed a police officer for Christ's sake. Yeah, goddamn lucky he didn't kill him. And Chris Honeywell. Keep away! Keep away from me! You are physically repulsive, intellectually retarded, vulgar, insensitive, selfish, stupid. You have no taste, a lousy sense of humor, and you smell. Yeah, because she thought you're some kind of freak. Now, come on, she let's go. She likes me, eh? No way. Shut up, you freak! Julia, shoot. I say shut up! It's a manhouse! A manhouse! 2TrueFreaks.com And we're... Well, I guess we had to come up with a return slogan. And we're back is kind of taken. Uh, mm, uh, konnichiwa! Uh. And they're going half the audience. <laughs> what? I think that way I used that phrase, phrase properly. Jeez. Well, at least you didn't try and do it in an accent. I just said konnichiwa. Oh, you mean I can be like, konnichiwa! Uh, yeah, yeah, there went half the audience. <laughs> Uh, Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. Yeah, see, that's just bad. <laughs> okay, so, and we... Alright, enough dilly-dallying. We're back, and we're here to discuss episode three of season one of Star Blazers, and I seem to be getting the odd episodes. Is there a pattern here, Gene? Just because I'm odd? I get the odd ones. <laughs> I thought it's because you volunteered, but... Oh, okay. I'll All go right. with your theory. <laughs> Yeah, that'll work. And we have episode three, the Ultra Menace Missile. Now, I don't, you know what? We don't have any credits or anything for these, but, uh, hmm. We'll work on that next time. Right. <laughs> but not this time. <laughs> so first off, I'm going to read the generic Wikipedia synopsis, and then I'm going to, I'm going to do my synopsis about what really happened. So here we go. To make the journey from Earth to Iskandar, Captain Avatar speaks before the assembled Star Force inductees asking for those willing to make the daring journey to come aboard. Come aboard, we're expecting you, the Star Force. So Alright, never mind. In response to his request, a number of volunteers elect to sign on for the trip, including cadets Wildstar and Venture, Nova, a nurse and radar operator, Sandor, an engineer and chief medic, mechanic, jeez, Dr. Sane, ship's doctor, and IQ-9, a robot with a sense of humor. Meanwhile, Colonel Gantz, the Gamelon commander on Pluto, receives permission to test out the new Ultra Menace missile against the new Earth battleship. The newly formed Star Force crew manages to, shoot, manages to shoot down the missile and avoid the devastation left in its wake. With the fate of the Earth dependent on the success of the mission, the newly operational battleship is, battleship is rechristened Argo and departs on her first mission. Meanwhile, Wildstar, who harbors a grudge against Captain Avatar for his brother's failure to return safely from the Battle of Pluto, learns a shocking revelation about the Captain's own family life. Earth has only 363 days left. So. That really didn't tell you anything... Good about what happened in the that episode. That didn't tell you. Jack crap was the what happened in the episode. Because there's so many other weird things that happened in this episode. So, <clears throat> now, and now, the rest of the story. We open with Gantz receiving a call from a creepy, glowing-eyed head of Leader Deslock. <laughs> that seems to be the scariest looking phone I've ever seen in my... Who, it's, it, it would be like if I had a Gene Hendricks head... <laughs> on my I, desk oh, no wait know. wait let me back, back that up it would be if I had a three foot Gene Hendricks head on my wall mm -hmm. that every time Gene's voice came out of it his eyes would light up but it had to be positioned under your television so that whenever you're watching TV <laughs> you can just see the eyes light up <laughs> Bill it's Bill it's time for another show oh my god the giant Gene Hendricks head's talking to me <sighs> excuse me while I fix my shorts 
They agree to use the not phallic looking at all Ultra Menace <laughs> missile against the Earth battleship launching from Pluto. Pluto! Freaking Pluto! They're launching from Pluto to the Earth. What a shot. And no, it wasn't phallic looking at all because it just. You think it's going to be because this thing rises up out of the ground and you're going, whoa. Okay. Oh, wait. That's it? It's just a head? <laughs> Where's the rest of it? Okay. And it's this big, round, bulbous head with a drill. It, like, spins, and it just takes off. It goes, you know, Pluto to Earth. Boom. Gone. Meanwhile, back on Earth, Captain Avocar gives us an exposition update and basically gives anyone that doesn't want uh, to go a way to back out. If they're a coward! <laughs> Anybody like leave, go ahead. We won't hold it against you. Seriously. We we won't. Right. And then the Star Force marches through the street as uh, as the crowd looks on and cheer or fight or cry. Two guys get in a fist fight. <laughs> Two of the dopiest looking animated guys I've ever seen in the series. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? Oh, I got a... It's completely ridiculous. Oh, and by the way, Nova's mom is hot. And her dad married way out of his league. That's all I gotta yeah. say. We're, we're talking Bouncing Boy and Duo Damsel here. <laughs> yeah. And that's pretty much what they look like, too. Yeah, he's, he's bouncing. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, wow, you know. Oh, Nova. And she's so overdramatic. She's so so dramatic. Oh, my little girl. Almost sounds like there's a man voice in her. But, you know, that's a man, baby. <clears throat> EDF, Earth's Defense Force, tracks the paths of the Ultra Menace missile. Ah, but no one bothers to tell the Star Force. Huh? It's going to hit the Star Force in less than an hour. Well, make yeah. sure you triple check that before you yeah. tell them. And, not, and they don't say anything. Nothing. It's just like, they just say that. It's going to hit. It's been launched on the Earth. It's going to hit the Star Force. Okay. You don't see somebody over at the ship going, oh, hey, there's a missile on the way. Venture <clears throat> reaches the ship after having some inner monologue doubts along his march. Finding Wildstar, or should I say Debbie Downer, on the bridge, pretty much saying, Eh, why bother? Eh, we're not going to make it anyway. The captain doesn't know what he's doing. The discussion is quickly shelved as four other crew members arrive. Conroy, Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto, uh, sorry, that's Gilroy, my bad. Dash, Homer, don't! <laughs> and eager, watch the beaver jokes. Next, the old man arrives, and Venture has to ask the most ridiculous question ever. Yes. Avatar tells, yeah, yeah, tells them <laughs> that energy buildup is completed. Venture's question, as he turns and looks at the captain, what does energy buildup mean? Really? Really? Like, if I was captain, he would be off the bridge. Why are you here? Did you not fly the ship last episode well he is a cadet i mean just, yes i know he is the the pilot in charge of the entire crew and listen to this eager is the assistant pilot under venture <laughs> therefore this guy who doesn't know what en the definition of energy buildup is has subordinates <laughs> he should have pointy hair and eager's got the forest gump uh yeah, he, he's he's the Texas boy. Eager here. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, man. Just further further cements my theory that uh, Venture is Venture Gump. I'm just... <laughs> anyway. As much as I love the show, I, I mean, it's kind of fun to kind of pick it apart a little bit. Anyway, after they suck up the energy from the rest of the world and wait to lift off, Avatar takes Venture and Wildstar on an inspection of the ship probably to find something or somewhere to drop Venture into. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't kick him out of the, uh, the cannon. <laughs> well, yeah, see, well, oh, I, uh, yeah, wait, yeah, okay. As the snazzy jazz music plays, Avatar takes them into the barrel of the wave motion gun, which they don't know where they are. Where are we? Oh, I don't know. We're standing in this giant piece of metal with a hole at the end of it with rifling. Where do you think we are? <laughs> rifling for an energy weapon. Well, actually, okay. I thought about that because I looked at it and I thought, why do you have rifling for an energy weapon? 
there is no rifling because yeah. it doesn't spin. It just goes straight out the end. I was like, oh, okay. It's anyway, extra. Avatar locks them in and fires. Oh, no, wait, sorry. <laughs> they stare out at the sunset. Meanwhile, EDF confirms that the Gamelon missile is again still heading for the Star Force and again does not tell them. <laughs> Avatar drops the boys off with Nova and okay, I gotta say, these two guys would be charged so fast with a sexual harassment suit, it's ridiculous. As soon as they see, they walk through the door and there's Nova and they go, uh-oh. Okay, get a grip, guys. <laughs> anyway, she shows only them. Only woman on the ship. <laughs> only woman on the ship. And I, I had said earlier that I said she was the only person on the ship with a gun, but uh, you were nice enough to point out to me that Wildstar does have a gun. But it just kind of sticks out more on her because it's way slung low on her hip next to that pointed arrow that points somewhere. <clears throat> <clears throat> anyway, she so shows them the quote-unquote holography room that happens to have hula girls in it. Wait, wait what, what? Okay, guys, shut, shut, shut your mouths. It's just a hologram. Jesus. IQ-9, meanwhile, is getting into some hot hula action when Nova puts the deep freeze on him and changes to a winter setting. <laughs> I got to see that. I have to look that one up in the original because like I said last time he IQ9 or analyzer in Space Battleship Imato is a pervert obsessed <laughs> with Nova. So I'm wondering if he said something mm -hmm. in the Japanese version that made her click, you know, put him on the, you know, give him a cold shower essentially. <laughs> Probably. Next up, Sandor Shows him his pride and joy. The, the dynamic do all. Really? I, I heard that went, what? I got a. <laughs> the dynamic. Oh. Anyway, he shows him how to create a new astro cycle. Except it seems to be one quarter size scale. Great. Super. That, Next. That, that's for Boxy to ride. Oh, wait. Wrong show. <laughs> yeah, because. They're looking through and, and it's going through all these steps and it's putting it together with all and it spray paints it and then it rolls out and it's in front of the three of them. And I'm like, well, they can't fit in that. What the heck good is this? It, it like, should, have they, a, should have a box on it to put the quarter in so it can rock back and forth. Not 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 shown actual scale. You know, it's just like, what the? This is great. If I need something a quarter the size I need it to be. <laughs> Here, why don't you make it four times bigger than it needs to be so it comes out the right size? Uh, hey, guess what? Um, oh, wait. No, oh, I jumped ahead. Onto the hangar deck and the wave motion the wave motion engine where Ryan gives Venture a crash course on operation and Wildstar is uh, talking um, and gives Wildstar a talking down that he has been asking for since the start of the series. He learns that everyone has lost someone, including the captain who lost his own son. I believe, at the Battle of Pluto as well. Yes. And hey, guess what? Uh, the EDF finally told the Argo about the missile. With the whole ten minutes to spare. Yeah. Wildstar reports to the captain, and his avatar leaves to go to the bridge. A picture of him and his son falls out, and Wildstar takes note. Yeah, about time he notices something besides his own whiny needs. Back on the bridge, they suddenly have to go through a crap ton of procedures to lift off, and... And either attack or move out of the way of the missile. And like we said, didn't they just flick a switch last time and take off? Yeah, pretty much. Last time, if if you remember, people, the uh, the Argo was buried, actually in the crust of the Earth, and it was encased completely, like it had like the whole superstructure. Now this time, right. it's not. It's just it's buried back in the Earth, almost like they came back and landed back in the same spot because that's where all the hookups were underneath it. Yeah, but last time they just said, oh, we have to take off and fight this carrier that just is coming after us, and they took off. Now it's like, well, we have to do this build-up to start the auxiliary engine, then start the wave motion engine. It was flying last time! <laughs> uh, Venture Gump begins the, the startup in a Millennium Falcon-like scene, and the engine fails. Oops. My bad, I forgot to switch here. <laughs> On the second go-around, they try again, only to appear to fail, and Wildstar mouths off. Only have Avatar shut him up, because he is tired of his shit. <laughs> that is the best Because he's like, scene. it didn't work! Shut quiet! Hey, quiet! 
and then he gets his angry eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slowly the engines build up and they lift off with three minutes to missile impact. The command is given the turn port, uh, turn to port, which is odd because the view from the bridge has them turning to port, which is left, but the external shot has the ship turning starboard, which is right. And I only learned that I had learned port and starboard in the navy because port and left had the same amount of letters. That's the only way I can remember which way port was. <laughs> and then to remember left, I have to hold my hands up and put my thumbs out, and then the one with the L is the port side. I've spoke too much. <laughs> you know, it works the same way if you make a P with your fingers. P. If you hold your arm up and you curl your fingers down to make a P, oh. it's the same thing. Oh. And I wasn't even in the Navy. In the Navy. Okay, anyway. Uh, I've lost my track. Anywho, they blast the missile with the main shot cannons and appear on the other side of the debris cloud. And then, it's not just a debris cloud. It's like a, it's like a full-blown nuclear explosion. <laughs> it's a gigantic mushroom cloud. Yeah, and then there's this just huge cloud and the ship just comes out majestically and they head off into space. And they got some great music. Yeah. And there are only 363 days left. Hurry, Star Force. Mm. Hurry. But yeah, that scene of them blasting the missile, that was um, also in the live-action movie. Yeah, except in the live-action movie, they used the wave motion gun. Right, <laughs> which is a little, probably a little overkill, but well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. and that, So that's what really happened in, in episode three. Hmm. <laughs> And I uh, just want to point one thing out, that this is the first time that we see General Gans as the Gamelon commander on the Pluto base. He right. will figure in prominently over the next several episodes. Mm -hmm. And he is, it, this, this is where we're starting to see maybe somebody's talking to him, because he is a tan-skinned Gamelon, he and his assistant. And but not next episode, next episode. Well, the, no, next episode, <laughs> he, he still is. But uh, in the next episode, Deslock's assistant, General Crypt, is uh, blue skinned. They just keep changing colors. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're actually a race of chameleons. I guess it's like, oh, I'm standing in front of a pink wall. Oh, I'm in a blue wall. <laughs> Plaid. Ah, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Oh, and we should point out that uh, Venture has a younger brother. Yes. Yeah. He, he, his named Jordy. <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, there's, there's a Star Trek joke right there. <laughs> Except it's 20 years before that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <sighs> yeah, th this was a, a weird one, really. I mean, th this is... It almost seems like this should have been the second episode. Right, and then yeah. they should they just should have re-edited this, and just made changed. I, I it just was weird. Yeah, the, the whole point of the episode seems to be let's get the viewers familiar with the ship. Yeah, you know, everything else seems to be secondary to the the tour of the ship, but really, you could have done you could have done that in episodes down the line. Right. You know, you just, you know, you know, hey, Wildstar, you're being a bit of a dick. We don't have any Snickers, so why don't you go to the holography room? <laughs> Not feeling yourself? <laughs> oh, yeah, he is just, he is, man, I'm, oh, he's, yeah. he's totally manic, he's just massive mood swings. You know, one second he's gung-ho, the next he's, oh, we're all going to die. You know, just. Uh. Yeah, and Orion in the big speech I'm half waiting for him just to smack Wildstar upside the head. It's like, oh, your brother died. I'm sorry about that, but guess what? The captain lost his son. Uh, let me Shut show you your mouth. Let me show you the inside of this this cabinet. Bam! Oh, you see anything now, boy? Uh, you bet you're seeing stars. <laughs> you lucky stars. Ain't funny, is it, you little bastard? And by the way, the captain's standing right behind you, you <laughs> stupid son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he's got no volume control. Yeah. You know. <sighs> One thing that was cool when it, when they were doing the, the tour of the ship is that they would cut to a diagram of the ship. Mm. Uh, like a cutaway. 
like a blueprint, basically. Yes. Yeah. It, well, yeah, it looked like a blueprint, you know, and it would show the different pieces, the different sections of where you thought they were going to be going, which was pretty cool. Yeah. It didn't match anything on the layout of the actual ship, but it was pretty cool. <laughs> no. so we're we're going to put this fighter plane in the bow, yeah. but it launches out of the stern. No, we're putting it here. <laughs> okay, whatever. Flies out the barrel at the last second. Yeah. Uh, bow is the front of the ship. Stern is the rear of the ship. Mm-hmm. With a naval impaired. Duh. <laughs> or you could go up on the forecastle. Or forecastle. How as long really, as you have your spacesuit on. How it's really, yeah, that's how it's really pronounced. <laughs> I know the first time I saw it, forecastle, what is it? That's a forecastle! Oh, excuse me. Oh, my God. Uh, I will not get into the reason for the name. Because I can, I can go off on tangents just like you can. We're not going yeah. to start. We're not going to get back to that. We'll save those for other episodes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the, it's funny, though. The only note I have for after they destroyed the Ultra Menace missile is Big Bada Boom. <laughs> bada Bing Bada Boom. Because that's what it was. It was huge. Did they make it? Yay! And they're all cl- Yay! The yeah. Star Wars made it! We're not going to die yet. Oh, one, one bit of that I found very interesting is you get to see when they fire the main guns, you get to see inside and there's a crewman actually inside the main gun, the turret. Yeah. So it's not Wildstar dealing with these automated weapons. He's actually commanding gun crews Mm -hmm. to turn each individual turret. And that's, he has a line in there, uh, like turret three, 15 degrees left or something like that. Mm-hmm. So when I was a kid, I ne- I never picked up on that. I thought it was just oh well, he's he's the gunnery officer. He's sitting there. He's just turning a dial, and the guns are going that way. Yeah, no, no it's like it's... an actual battleship. Yeah, yeah. I I actually had a chance to go on the on the uh, the Wisconsin, which is the Missouri class, and oh, nice. um, and actually went in the turret on the Wisconsin. That was the same one where they had had the explosion on the Missouri. That mm-hmm. killed that killed the gun crew, and uh, yeah, it's it's a big place. However, it's also cramped, and if there's an explosion, there's n- really nowhere for it to go. Yeah, because it isn't it got like uh, it's got eighteen inches. Thick. It's got eight, eighteen inches of steel. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's very little places for explosions to vent. So yeah, and I, yeah, that that was like, oh wow, that's pretty cool. The way the, the way they. Ha- had those guys in there, but I don't remember. Did they have hearing protection? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what? I, it, it's a it's a really brief look in there. Oh I, yeah, you blink and you'll miss it. This, yeah. this guy's just sitting there, and it's when the it's when it shows the recoil. Yes, it, from the inside, it shows, and it comes back like a chamber, and then goes back up. Ah, the good old main guns, the shock cannons. Yes, and then. This is where, at, at, well, at, didn't Avatar have the button and he pressed the button? In episode two. Was it two? But Oh, he didn't do yeah. it here. Okay, He didn't do right. it here. It, it, apparently, because he makes he makes uh, a mention as they're going through, it's just, it's just a voiceover in, in the tour, that he says, uh, Wildstar, the uh, gunnery computer I showed you is under your command. Mm. So I'm guessing that that's the point where he says, fine, that button you saw? I'm leaving it in the drawer. You get to do everything from now on. <laughs> that's it. That's my no prize for it anyway. That's the captain's reset button. <laughs> that's that big red button we talked about. <laughs> well, I guess uh, I guess we can move on to episode four. You ready? Yeah. All right. Take it away. Okay. The test warp to Mars. After escaping the Ultra Menace missile, the Star Force takes off from Earth and passes the moon orbit. A Gamelon fighter carrier is dispatched from Pluto again to intercept Earth's newest space battleship. In order to provide time for the Star Force to prepare for their first ever space warp, Wildstar takes a detachment of Black Tiger space fighters out to intercept the Gamelon carrier. Wildstar's efforts... Wildstar, he's, he was out there alone? Anyway, Wildstar's <laughs> efforts provide the needed time, and once the fighters are back aboard, after a little bit of drama, the warp is initiated just as the Gamelon missiles nearly reach it. 
The warp takes the Star Force through a psychedelic yellow submarine-like space from the moon to Mars. However, some damage is sustained during the transition. Avatar orders the Argo to land on Mars for repairs, and while the crew takes the opportunity to play in the Martian snowstorm, Avatar, actually in a spacesuit for the only time you will see him, talks to the Argo directly. On Gamelon, Leader Deslock praises the Star Force's determination to get to Iskandar, even by such dangerous means as warp travel. Earth has only 362 days left. Now, after the silliness of last time, this was actually a fairly straightforward, action-y, science-y kind of episode. Well, there are a few. Well, there's a couple things. But they're good, but they're good. It's not heavily goofy. Now, the, the drama I spoke about is, if you remember, we were introduced to Conroy, the deputy leader of the Black Tigers, in episode three. Which, I'm well, thinking Conroy had a face change, and some hairstyle, Con- and a different uniform. <laughs> exactly. It uh, This, what happens is, a fighter with a pilot identified as Conroy is hit and has trouble getting back to the Argo. This is not Conroy. Even though they call him Conroy and use that voice actor, this is actually a character known as Hardy. Ah, because he looked more like Dash, but I yeah. was like, no, but he's not. He's not Dash. Right, he's, he's got the, the long hair that goes over the one eye, like Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> but it, he's in later episodes. I, I'm not sure if it's in this season or season two. Mm. But he, he's another Southern boy. And he has a completely different voice. You know, obviously a different name. But throughout this episode, they're calling him Conroy. And that all... Even as a kid, when I first saw that, I'm like, that's not Conroy. I know what Conroy looks like. That's not him. Uh, but it, it was a good episode. And it, like I said before, this is where we we first see Crypt, who is Deslock's uh, general in waiting, basically. <laughs> and this is our first view of Gamelon. Up until this point, we've seen Deslock. We've seen Gamelons, but we've never seen the planet. Right. Now, we, don't, we don't get to see an exterior view, but we get to see, you know, the Gamelon, at least some buildings on, on the planet. Right. The not, the, the not phallic shaped at all uh, buildings. Right. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, and it's funny because I can't remember what the show was we were watching, but we were watching something on uh, how you know, how a, an actual warp drive might work by folding space and you actually touch two points of space. Was that Event Horizon? No, no, it was, mm. it was like on Science Oh, it, it was a show show. Oh, sorry. It was a show show. And they're talking about, okay, well, if, if you picture space as a sine wave and we go from this peak to this peak, and my wife's sitting there, and she's like, oh, wow, that's really cool. And I'm laughing my ass off. <laughs> Star Force did that years yeah. ago. Yeah, <laughs> and she just looks at me, and I say, no, no, no. I pull out YouTube and say, watch this. <laughs> and it's the, the whole speech that Sandor gives about how we're traveling along a sine wave. But in order to jump the intervening distance, we go from peak to peak. Uh, but we have to be in the exact right place at the exact right time to make sure that we don't get lost in the fourth dimension. Okay, and let me just point one thing out Uh about that whole maneuver. Yes. Who are they completely dependent on for that? (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Venture Gump. That's right. (laughs) Oh, crap, everything is depending. We're all depending on you, Venture. Oh, shit. And then Avatar realizes what he does, and Nova, you assist him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Life is like a sine wave. I just got to jump from peak to peak. <laughs> oh, man. And he, here's here's the best part. Okay, everyone, you remember how the Ultra Menace missile was launched from Pluto last episode and got to Earth really quick? And how this episode, they launched a, uh, a fighter carrier from Pluto and it got to Earth really quick. Avatar says that normally it would take a month 
to get from the Earth to Mars. <laughs> really? A month. They got some pretty fast ships. Obviously, the Gamelon ships are even faster and don't have the warp space. Yeah, no kidding. Unless they're warping and just not telling anybody. Yeah. But Deathlock says it's such a brave and, brave and bold maneuver. Oh, my yeah. head hurts. <laughs> I also like how uh, we didn't see Dr. Sane really last yeah. episode. But this well, we episode, know why. <laughs> he was in detox. <laughs> No, he was sleeping quietly in a sleeping tube with his mineral water bottle. And And I can wakes him up. I thought you wanted to see the the space warp, Doctor. What? Oh, I'm such a hang... I mean, a headache. Oh, I was just taking a nap, IQ9. Mm. Glug, 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 glug. (laughs) No, I I gotta love... Deslock is so smug. Yes, but and you know, so smug, such arrogance. You know, you know the um, the meme, all the pictures with the uh, what was it, Doge, the the dog, and he says, you know, such such this, much that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need to have the the Deslock or Doglock. You know, <laughs> Deslock's body with the dog face, or the dog with the Deslock face. You know, you know, such smug, much arrogant, kill Star Force. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but oh. we do get we do get to see a little bit more Deslock's personality in this because at the end he he basically toasts the Star Force like oh wow do you <laughs> they're that us? they're that nuts okay yeah and it's either Gantz or um, Crips Crip Crip or Crips Crypt Crypt like Tales from the ah yes that says the line that I'm like what. Space is vast, but there is no place to hide. What the? F- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like okay. I get what he's saying, but it's just so. What? Well, they they know the Star Force is going to Iskandar. Yeah, because they mention it. They say, "Oh, well, they they're that desperate to get to Iskandar." So really, there is no place to hide because you only have the one course. Well, yeah, okay. We know where the Earth is. We know where Iskandar is. You're gonna go in a straight line, pretty much, or you know, uh, jumping on sine waves. But we think we can find you. Yeah. Uh... <sighs> it 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 was a. I think this is probably the start of the the more dramatic episodes. Yeah. Like, Last episode, yeah, it had some tension, but that was mainly because of the Earth Defense Force. Uh, but this one, it's it. This is where we're setting the pattern. I think you know, it's okay. The Star Force is going here. Mm-hmm. The Gamelons try and do something to stop them. The Star Force succeeds, but they get damaged. Now they have to go here to repair. Yeah, they have to stop an IQ nine to Snow Angels on Mars. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which that was pretty cool. They're like, oh, moisture. We haven't seen moisture in. <laughs> Quite a while, because there's no yeah. oceans left on the Earth. Yeah, there's a sad scene as they leave the Earth at the beginning of the episode, and they say, you know, oh, you know, because you could see where most of the land masses, uh, the existing land masses were, but there's no oceans anymore, because all the water's boiled away from the radiation mm. and, and the explosions. And it's a pretty touching scene, because it almost looks like Mars. You're like, is that the Earth, or is that Mars? Or something? Yeah. But, uh... But, you know, if that launch was so critical, why was it not being done by a computer? <laughs> and, and why does Avatar go, now? And then Venture goes, now? I'm like, wait, but you guys already missed it because you, you're all saying now. Just press the freaking button. Well, it's the, it's the same reason that, like, you know from being in the Navy, the commanding officer uh, can't yeah. give a subordinate a direct order. He has to give it to the XO, has to give it to whoever, who has to give it to whoever, and then they carry it out. Yeah. Oh, but that space jump. Oof. Oh, man. Barf. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually waiting for a yellow submarine to go right by them. They went by the the Argo (laughs) in a scene from 2001, A Space Odyssey. There's prehistoric cavemen sitting by a fire as the Argo goes by behind them in a rippling, you know, not a direct cell but like they just 
manipulated it so that it's wavering and fading and it goes behind them with this and and then they go by dinosaurs and then the ship flies into itself and and the crew is split up like avatar goes actually is like a four vert he like splits into four and he's all swirling around his screen all different colors nova's popping in everywhere <laughs> wildstar is f- flying his chair around the bridge <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is and the sound effects that they have behind it oh man it it, it really enforces the uh the trippy nature of all this mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean it was like they flew through a salvador dolly painting yeah really uh and then they come out and they're all, oh my god, uh, we made it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what Sandor was doing at the end. Because yeah. he's, la- he's one of the last ones to wake up. <laughs> he just comes up and he's like, ah! <laughs> yeah, and then and then like uh, you said earlier, they they land on, on Mars and start the repairs. And you can see the ship just got torn up for no real apparent reason. Yeah, it's like the... the- the back quarter of it just kind of blew out. Yeah, some poor soul out there, you know, back there, you know, sucked out in the space, blown out in space, excuse me. But don't worry, everyone, it will be repaired by the beginning of the next episode. Yep. Which, at that time, I, I didn't double-check. One of the episodes' name is, I think, is Paladin. And... Uh, that's episode six. Yeah. What, what? <laughs> episode five is our favorite one. Jupiter's oh, that's right. Continent. <laughs> Jupiter's floating continent. Yes. That's the first activation of the wave motion gun. Then you get a pause. Aren't you going to shoot, Gene? Maybe. <laughs> You're the sound effects guy. Yeah, I think but- but that will have to wait for our next episode. Next time. Oh wait, that's that's. Hey kids, damn. Man, we're just stealing from all kind of people today. Oh, Paul and I have been doing that on uh, on Back to the Bins. Well, Andy actually <laughs> wrote me an email. Oh. Because I I sent him a message after catching up with Hey Kids. I said, you know, I've you know I've been doing something like this, and he said, well, you know, the best the the best form of imitation is to steal. <laughs> Yeah. Or something to that effect. He's British. He said it better. Well, you know, all the Brits say things better. Yeah. Uh, I guess we go out there. Okay. (laughs) Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Oh, hold on, let me eat this ice cube for a second. So when I was a kid, I used to chew ice. And my mother says, uh, oh, you know, it's bad for your teeth. <laughs> okay. So we went to the dentist. Mm. She goes to the dentist says, I need you to t- tell my son why it's bad that he chews. Okay, because I was using logic to explain why chewing ice was good for my teeth. Because uh-huh. I explained to my mother... As I chewed my last ice cube. Yes. I said, the way I look at it is a dog chews dog biscuits to clean his teeth. <laughs> if I chew ice, it should clean my teeth too. <laughs> so, 
She goes to the dentist and says, I need you to tell my son why chewing ice is bad for his teeth. The dentist looks at her and looks at me and looks back at her and says, I chew ice all the time. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work. Yeah. Well, you see, I do the same thing. I chew, I chew ice con- pretty much constantly, or if I'm at work, I chew gum. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I got it. I got into the habit because my dad chews ice all the time. <laughs> so it's not like they could have told me, hey, don't do this. Well, well he's doing it. <laughs> have you ever tried to chew ice and gum at the same time? It gets really weird. It does, because, like, the ice will get stuck in the gum. Mm-hmm. And then the gum becomes super hard, like rubber. Yeah. And then you're really on the yeah, it's weird. This has been gum chewing with Gene and Bill. <laughs> All right. Okay. So 